My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. He's the owner of Ruthless Pro Wrestling. It is Christopher Kohlenberg. How are you today, my man? I'm good. How are you doing, man? I am really good. Thanks for making some time for me, man. I know you've got a lot on your plate. You've got some huge shows coming up with this Deathmatch Circus weekend, uh, so it's really great to get a chance to talk to you and break that down. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'll always make time for you, bud. Oh, that's amazing, man. Um, before we jump into the shows, and I really want to get to talking about them because there's so many awesome matches, I thought it'd be fun to just, you know, dive into your history a little bit, man. I always ask people, like, when they think about professional wrestling, what were some of the first faces that stood out to them that, you know, made them a fan? If you think back to your first exposure, what's one of, what's uh, some of the memories you've got there, man? You know, uh... I grew up uh, always, always kind of attracted to the hardcore style. So like uh, uh, Terry Funk was someone that I really was uh, drawn to. Bruiser Brody. Um, I really liked all the Mick Foley stuff when I was younger. Um, but I, I was also and still am a huge Macho Man Mark. So yeah, you know, I, I, it's a mixture of like the hardcore icons and like the big characters. I liked like you know the big characters and. The over-the-top guys, and you, you couldn't get much more over-the-top than Macho Man. You know? no, no. <laughs> That's about as over-the-top as it gets. How old do you think you were when this sort of started to come into focus for you? Were you, were you a kid, or was it was it not till a little bit later? I was, uh, you know, I was a child in the 80s, so Hulkamania was the big thing, and, you know, everyone watched wrestling in the 80s. So it it started around, I think I started watching around WrestleMania 3, um, and... I watched for a number of years, but I kind of got out of it uh, when I got to, like, my high school years. Yeah. You know, I got into, like, partying and girls and going and doing stuff. And, you know, like, being home to watch wrestling, uh, especially, like, you know, being around, like, you know, some of my parents and stuff didn't become a priority to me. Uh-huh. Um, and it was when a friend of mine actually showed me the Mankind Hell in a Cell Undertaker matches when it got me back in. Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, I was just like, holy shit, they're doing this kind of shit on WWE. But before that, uh, I did do a lot of tape trading on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I would get all the Japanese stuff, uh, the FMW and the Wing stuff. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of all the old Onita stuff and uh, Mr. Pogo, stuff like that, you know. Um, so, like, I was always drawn to death matches. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea they did them here. I always thought this was this Japanese thing. It was too wild for, and you know they would do ECW and uh, sometimes WWE during the Attitude Era would would you know dabble. Yeah. You know the Sabu uh, uh, Terry Funk uh, barbed wire match. I would consider very much a death match. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so stuff like that. You know, I was really drawn to the more extreme style and the more uh, out there characters. You know. Like I, for some reason, I thought Goldust was the best thing ever when I was a kid. I mean, Goldust I, was I one of the Goldust. best things ever. <laughs> like, it's such a a striking character. You know, I mean, again, comes back to those over the top characters. Yeah, and it was about the most over the top you could get about then. Absolutely, yeah. So, and then you know, and then there was another lapse uh, for a little while, and um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we had been drinking. And we started talking about the Undertaker and how cool it would have been to like see an Undertaker entrance, you know, yeah. live. 
And then that like guy's talking to like, well, I wonder what's going on in wrestling now. Yeah. And so we, we, we popped it back on and uh, her and I became like instantly like big fans again. We were started going to live shows, all that. And then, you know, started going to all the local promotions. And then eventually I started working for some local promotions and getting behind the scenes and kind of learning the way of the land. You know, I'm one of those guys that uh, I can't just be a fan of something. I have to somehow be involved. Like, I loved music, but I couldn't just go to concerts. I had to have a band, you know, like. Yes. For some reason, I just have to be more involved than just fandom. Yeah, I, I, get, I completely get that. This, all this. Yeah, I think anybody like yourself or like myself, anybody that takes that step, and it, it seems to be a reoccurring sort of thing in this podcast, it, even with the wrestlers themselves, it usually tends to be that, right? Like you see this thing and you're into it and then you throw yourself deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and it just sort of ends up where it ends up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this, I'd be like, how, what, no, there's no fucking way I'd be able to figure out how to do all that. Yeah. But it just kind of, it's, you know, it's a snowball and snowball turns into a boulder, you know, like it just starts rolling downhill a little bit, a little bit, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, it's a little out of control, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, so yeah, one day you'll uh, own your own deathmatch company and you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know what, uh, how I came to own this, I wasn't the original owner. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was the right-hand man. Uh, there was another guy named Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of his his baby, and there was some health issues going on with his, his wife and his family, and, uh, you know, like he – she she was not in a good way health-wise. Yeah. And, you know, it was – he's like, hey, you know, I mean, I got to kind of step away from this thing, and somebody needs to step up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just going to die. And this is before we ever even had a show. We were just working really hard on getting it together. Yeah. So I, I, there was four of us. I volunteered. I stepped up and took over, mm-hmm. and it's just been kind of you know he stuck around for a couple shows, and then you know, uh, I mean he still comes to shows and he's still in touch, and you know we're still good friends and stuff. But you know he just had to take care of his family, and unfortunately his wife has was going through some hard times uh, medically, you know. So he just ended up not being with us eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to him and shout out to his entire family. I hope everybody's doing really well now uh, and on the mend. And I'm glad that he can do much, much better. Oh, that's amazing. That's that's really cool. And I bet you it's awesome for him too. The fact that he can like see it growing and, you know, uh, IWTV's become a thing and now Ruthless Mm -hmm. can broadcast to the entire world and he can watch it at home on his TV. That must be pretty amazing for him as well. Like, oh, yes, it didn't die, you know, because sometimes those ideas just have to, go away if you can't carry them on yourself yeah correct and you know what i i know he's really proud yeah of the team awesome. and what we've done and you know that we kind of kept the original vision alive and that it, it grew to what it is you know yeah exactly right now that's really cool man um so i get i guess then we we rewind um back a little bit and fi- figure out how you start to go beyond just um seeing shows and, and checking out WWE stuff and start getting into local independence and getting involved. You said you were like the right-hand man or, or assisting and stuff. How did, how did that happen? Were they just advertising or was he a friend that went, I'm going to start something? What, what was that like? Well, uh, him and I were both uh, working behind the scenes at another promotion. I'm not going to name the promotion because it was not a good experience. and uh, the, it, it taught us a lot of what not to do. And uh, I was doing some behind-the-scenes stuff with Horse Slam up in Detroit. Um, and he, him and I were doing behind-the-scenes at this other place that has not, has since gone under. Uh-huh. And when it went under, you know, him and I had gotten a, a taste of, like, well, hey, why did it have to be like this? Like, why, why were people getting treated this way? Why? Like, it didn't make sense to us, a lot of the stuff that was going on. We, you know, we started the conversation, of like, well, if I did this, it would be more like this. And if I did this, it would be more like this. Yeah. And then it started kind of ballooning from there. Well, like, well, now that this company's gone, there's no one in town, why don't we try to put on a show? Yeah. And that's just kind of where it all started. So then we started snowballing a name, and then once we got a name, you know, uh, my, my, my best friend in the world is a graphic designer, and she came up with our logo, and she does all our flyers and stuff, you yeah. know, and it, it just kind of all hit. All the pieces were already in place, kind of just ready to go. Yeah. Like, we were lucky in that way to where – we had good graphic designer. We had access to good talent. There was no competition in town at the time. 
you know, the other place had gone out of business and it, it, it went out in a not so great way with a little bit of scandal and stuff okay. behind the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, there's this, it's like the scene's ready for it. All it's, all it's waiting on is somebody to step up. Yeah, and just do a good job. So, just put on a good yeah. show and you've got a, a fan base there ready to go. Yep. That's awesome. So then we, we, uh, uh, so we do death matches. We're based out of Toledo, Ohio. Uh-huh. And Ohio is illegal to do death matches. Uh, okay. We have an athletic commission here. Anything that breaks skin on purpose is illegal. Oh, wow. But Toledo is five miles away from the border to Michigan, where it is legal. Uh-huh. So we go a half a mile over the border and run shows. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love, love those. Definitely, uh, you know, we, we definitely uh, just – scoot around to make sure what we want to do is that we can still do our vision. And yeah. it's nice because, you know, um, we get fans coming down from Detroit and from the Michigan area, but we also have all the people coming from Toledo because it's only five miles away. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, where we run, you know, we, we do a good job and we bring uh, good crowds and it just kind of worked out for us. Yeah. That's awesome. I think as well, like you were t- telling me off mic that you were in a band for like, you know, 10 years. You, there's a lot, a lot of parallels from running a band and like doing all that stuff as there is to, I imagine, starting a wrestling company, right? So, for instance, if I was going to stand and uh, I've spoken about it on my podcast before, but I was in, also in a band for about 10 years. If I was going to start a company now, or I kind of started a podcast, so I guess it's sort of the same thing again. It's like if you make sure all those things are done correctly and ticked like the correct boxes – of course it's going to come out looking professional and be successful like to a point, you know what I mean? The rest is just then yeah. the, the talent delivering. So it's like, it's the artwork, it's the exposure, it's the social media. Um, it's, it's all those things. And as long as all that imagery looks really cool, then if the actual product band music or wrestling matches delivers, you've kind of set yourself up for success, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of, uh, the knowledge of what feels right to do this has come from those years being the music scene because I did, uh, not only was I in a band, but uh, I did work on the, uh, the promoting side of things. We're putting on shows and uh, that, and that's where I learned to do a lot of this was, was promoting shows before, but it was metal music. Yeah. And it's very similar. It's just dealing with a lot more people like uh, running promotions, like having like 40 40, 50 people you got to worry about all the time. What's going on in their personal life? Who's getting sick and all that stuff, you know? And when it was a concert, you know, like five bands worth of people or four bands worth of people, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I found that uh, just dealing with five band members was quite challenging. So I can only imagine uh, what it's yeah, like right. having like 40 band members. You know? Yeah, it's, and you know, I mean, everyone's got their own problems and they all need the, uh, the those problems addressed or taken care of, you know, to make sure that the shows go down right. And, mm-hmm. So a lot of my free time is just talking with talent and making sure everything's cool and where it needs to be and lining up all the gimmicks and all the horse shit we need to, to run these shows and all that because I mean, it, it is a lot of weapons hunting in between shows. That would be a, a huge part runs. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have like a lot of uh, fans donate stuff and things like that? I know a lot of that tends to go on. Uh, yes, I, you know, uh, we got some fans that'll, they'll uh, show up with light tubes or they'll show up with stuff they've made at home and uh-huh. we'll, uh, as long as it's built properly, we'll use it, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, as long as it's not something dangerous, you know, uh, well, we'd be encouraged it, you know, it, it makes the show better, bring, bring stuff along, the more stuff we have, the more uh, shit we can do, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you might get, you know, something wild and different and it can, you know, uh, stand out. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody wins. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's really refreshing to see all these new companies are popping up as far as Deathmatch is going. Like, I I feel like Deathmatch has never been more popular than it has been. And I feel like, uh, the COVID era sort of played a huge part in that, right? Like wrestling shut down, the world shut down, but Deathmatch kept going and found a way to keep going and sort of put independent wrestling on its back. And then thanks to IWTV, Everybody could see it, and it was pretty amazing. So, did you 
have you found that that was like uh, sort of a blessing in disguise? I don't want to say blessing because COVID is not not that, but you know what I mean. Like it it made a massive difference for you guys as far as exposure and uh, and uh, a business pickup. Um. Well, we actually launched our first show during COVID. Okay. We had <laughs> one planned out that was going to happen, uh, and COVID shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the summer, uh, we started doing. Uh, we had access to this giant farmland, uh-huh. so where we could space people out, and we had like thirty acres, right? Yeah. So we started doing matches outside, uh, spaced out in the summer, so boys could still work and. Uh, 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 fans could kind of see what we were about, and it was nice. You know, we didn't take those first couple, but it was also like us figuring shit out too. Yeah. And they, you know, they they weren't our best shows, but they didn't suck either. You know, we we got a lot of fans out because you know that was that was the blessing part was that wrestling had disappeared for you know months, and people were hungry for it. And you know, we put a show on, and people came out to support, and then they got into our product. You know, yeah. Yeah, and you and you're doing so in such a way that was safe for people at the time, which is what Deathmatch was doing really well because outdoor tournaments and outdoor shows lend themselves really well to the Deathmatch aesthetic. So you're going, yeah. hey, you can come down, you can be socially distanced, you can see some entertainment, you've been locked up, this would be fun. Like I could, I could see that being very interesting to people. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, we used, uh, you know, the the a lot of the boys were just hungry to work too. Absolutely. You know, like they had been, everything had been shut down and they're like, oh, okay, you guys are doing something. I'm, I'm on, on, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, you know? So yep, yep. Uh, we, we ended up right off the bat getting some bigger names and uh, uh, some guys. And uh, luckily we worked pretty close with a, a school out here called Skull and Bones, mm-hmm. which is run by Trey Miguel and uh, uh, CK3, also known as Crimson. Awesome. Um so, you know, we, we get a lot of their talent coming through and uh, they, they kind of feed into us and that's been helpful too, so. That's great. Like a- anything you can kind of do network-wise is pretty awesome. How did the um, relationship with ICW come about? Because uh, leading into promoing all the stuff for this weekend, it's obviously the Deathmatch Circus, it's ICW No Holds Barred, and then Ruthless is just smack bang in the middle of it. So, uh, it was actually John Wayne Murdoch who set it up. Uh-huh. Um, he approached me about it. He's like, hey, you know, I, uh, and, you know, he's their, their champion. He works really closely with Danny. So, it wasn't Danny that approached me. It was uh, Murdoch at first. Uh-huh. And we had used Murdoch, I think, three or four times by that point. You know, he was familiar with me. He was familiar with the company and how we did business. And uh, uh, he, li- he likes working here. Yeah, correct. Um so, you know, when Danny was wanting to come to the Detroit area, he's like, hey, you know, you guys know any promoters out there? And John's like, I, I know this guy over at Ruthless. So he reached out to me, and originally it was supposed to be uh, one show here, and then the next day they were going to go to Chicago. Okay. And something fell through with that Chicago show, and he was looking for a venue, and I was like, well, hey – a buddy of mine's got access to this giant compound. Like, it's, this thing's, like, massive. And he runs his own promotion there. There's already a ring. There's entrances, lights, the whole nine. Awesome. Um, and then we got to talk. He's like, well, if I'm not doing Chicago the next day, why don't we just do the circus there? And I was like, absolutely. And awesome. interesting postscript to that story is I actually drove all the way out to Jersey for last year's circus. Oh, wow. So I wasn't there just as someone to watch it. So the fact that this year um, we're involved and, and running a show there, and, you know, uh, Dan and I have been working really closely on getting this whole thing set up, uh, it, it's, it's pretty surreal to me, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. They've been, they've been uh, doing this kind of stuff similar, like, with the last weekend, right? Like, they did it with heavy metal down in Texas, yeah. They're being mm-hmm. sort of smart about it, going, well, rather than just coming into this area, we'll team up with the guys that know the area best. And they've been using local talent and stuff on their shows and stuff as well, which is really cool and sort of uh, a pretty smart way to do it because then you're using the resources of the area. And, and when you put John Wayne Murdoch, the American Deathmatch champion, and have him like maybe defending against 
a local guy who who's really well thought of in the area, it starts to as well build that mystique of like the traveling champion, which is something that hasn't really existed since the territory yeah. kind of days, which is pretty cool as well. Um, you know, I think it used to be that promotions wouldn't work together. Like there was a lot of this infighting and, you know, like fighting over the fans and stuff. And yeah. it, it seems like there's a, a cer- sorry, my dog's chewing on something. There's like a, <laughs> Uh, resurgence uh, or a surgence of uh, promotions that want to help each other, want to work with each other. Like, yeah. there's a few other promotions we work with, mm-hmm. and there's uh, another big one coming up that we're going to do a show with later on at the end of the year. Cool. Uh, and it, it it's always really helpful because we're helping each other. Yeah. Like, I, I can set I know the area. I know where, where we can do the show. You know, I can get all the logistics set up because it's where I'm already running. And then they can bring in their talent, and then we both help each other. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it works great. We we did that Steel Carnage show uh, out in Indiana mm-hmm. with the guys at Flophouse, mm-hmm. and Flophouse hosted us. And uh, you know, we did a ended up doing the whole show in Steel Cage, and uh, got silly out there in Indiana. But that was we we probably wouldn't have had half the people there if, if Flophouse didn't uh, set us up. So yeah, absolutely. We're we're very much into working with other companies that want to work with us. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you? You know, you're all on IWTV. Uh, a lot of it's just more sort of work for all of the wrestlers, which is you know what's most important at the end of the day. And and really, I feel like with anything like this, like creative mediums and stuff, you're really not in competition against other people. You're in competition with yourself. The only people you can affect is you. You know, putting on the best possible Absolutely. shows you can. And and doing the best wrestling that you can do, and your stories and the things you're telling, and are not going to be the same as what they do. So there's no reason no. to feel threatened about it. You know, like just do you. I I think the personality of the promoter always comes through uh, uh, yeah. in promotions. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, ICW is very much Danny. Yeah. You know, GCW is very much Brett. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, No Peace is very much Jared. You know, like it. Everyone's got their own voice in it and and it's you may be using some of the same people but you're not using them the same way so it has a different feel to it absolutely uh, i think our our product definitely has a very different feel to what to it, the other deathmatch companies are doing uh-huh. you know i think well uh you know we're still doing just deathmatches but i think that we're, we do it our own flavor too you know I enjoyed some of the, as we get into breaking down this card, I enjoyed some of the names you use for the matches and stuff as well. <laughs> like paint in the glass uh, and stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah, I like, uh, there, there's actually one I'll, because by the time this comes out, it'll already been announced, so I'm, I'll announce it here in a second on the show. Uh-huh. But I, I really like, uh, I don't think a lot of companies do the uh, specific um, gimmick matches anymore. Yeah, like the, um, the think- Big Japan Freedoms type. This yeah. is the type of deathmatch it is, yeah. So I think uh, I think that, uh, that's something I very much like to do. Instead of like just everything thrown in there, yeah. you know, like this one's going to be a carpet strip match. This one's going to be all gusset plates. This is going to be your glass match, you know, like yeah. that way they all have a very distinct feel too. Yeah, exactly. You know, like if, if you got five matches in a row, just people just bashing tubes, they're going to sound, they're going to feel all the same. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And it desensitizes, you know, that pop and the awesomeness that is the tube. And plus, then you've also got to source one bazillion tubes, and they're not easy to get either. So it's kind of like a smart way to do it. And the performers need to be a little bit more creative and in the tools that they're working with. Yeah. 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 uh, Friggin' Mickey and uh, Mickey Knuckles and Randy West burned through half of my uh, collection in one (laughs) one match and blew them up. They used 200 and something tubes in that match. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, go on IWTV, look for the show, boot them up, and watch the Mickey Knuckles Randy West show. At one point, a cannon's involved. They get thrown onto a PT Cruiser. What? It was, it, it's the wildest match we've ever had. Oh, my God. That's, that's what I'm doing as soon as we hang up. Uh, there's, there's so much. I was surprised by uh, I mentioned to you off camera that I only just recently got um, exposed to you guys, and I was surprised by how many shows you actually have up on IWTV. It's awesome, man. We uh, we got really lucky really early. I think we had only run four shows before we started putting our shows up on IWTV. Our first one was yeah. Devil's Night, uh-huh. uh, and we're coming up on Devil's Night, too, on the 30th. That's going to be our next show after the circus. That's awesome. So... 
it's, we've been at IWTV for a year. The only we missed a couple months because of the pandemic um, in winter because we were running outside to, to at first to make sure that everyone was safe. Uh-huh. So we did these things called slam demics, which were uh, we turned the Skull and Bones Wrestling School into a studio. Yeah, and we brought just a small handful of people, and we had the sponsors pay for the show. And really pushed our sponsors, and so you know that's what those two shows were. But we missed a couple in the winter because we were still trying to figure all that out. And then ever since we've been hitting every month now. Yeah, we run once a month, usually the last Saturday of the month, sometimes Friday, but mostly Saturdays. That's awesome. Also, I appreciate a good pun as much as the next person. Slam Demic is a great show name. <laughs> I I use a lot of puns in, uh, in our wrestling. Our wrestling names are, like, even the, the names of the matches, everything. I don't know. I, I It amuses me. Yeah, no, it's great. You're kind and, of a and, fucking and, silly dude, and it kind of comes through. Yeah, and how it's catchy, and, how, and then uh, people remember it, and it becomes synonymous with you guys, which is awesome, man. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. So let's let's uh, jump into the weekend, and we'll break it down. So it's a it's an action-packed weekend for the whole ICW No Holds Barred Deathmatch Circus. Um on October 1st, it is uh, the No Holds Barred 18. Uh, then it is the Pit 4. And then they're doing a fun, like, Deathmatch Stories by the Campfire, which I'm sure will be amazing. I wish I could come to America. This would be amazing to see. Uh, and then, uh, then the next day, where it's the second, the carny shit starts at 12, whatever that is. Uh, then there's a Deathmatch Weapons Workshop. And then we're into Ruthless Pro Wrestling and then No Holds Barred 19. So Inked in Blood is your show and it cracks up with uh, Logan James versus MM3 versus Zach Thomas versus JJ Garrett versus Jake Crist. Now, I'm not familiar with all of the guys in this match, man. What can you break down for me about this one? This is a scramble match of a lot of our top guys. Jake Crist uh, was on Impact for a long time. He's a... A uh, uh, well-seasoned veteran. He's been kicking ass at RPW for a while. He, he would just wrestle Justin Kyle at our last show for the championship. Yep. Um, MM3 uh, is a guy who needs more eyes on him. Uh, he is a third-generation wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing this kid can't do. Uh, like he is a prodigy in the ring. Awesome. The fact that he's not everywhere is mind-blowing to me. Um, so. We had to get him in there. Um, he's he's somebody that that really represents. I wanted some guys that really represented the area. Yeah, you know, um, I don't didn't want it just to be us bringing in all our road guys. I I wanted a lot of our good area guys in there too. Absolutely. So, MM3's three's yeah. that Zach Thomas. We call him our gatekeeper. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to come to RPW, you got to go through Zach Thomas. Yeah, he's right. that guy. Okay. Um. You know, he's a bad man in JAMA. Uh, he's actually Gregory Iron's brother. I, that's what, I was trying to pick how I knew his name, and yeah, that that is where I know it from, from the Gregory Iron podcast. I remember him saying his full name. Oh, you listen to his podcast? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, li- I like it too. It's funny. Yeah, yeah he's good. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, Logan James, this will be his first, uh, his first time uh, wrestling for us. Uh, he's coming out with Shane Mercer. So we told him we would uh, give him a shot and scramble. Uh-huh. And then, um, who didn't I talk about? It? Oh, JJ Garrett. JJ Garrett is somebody we've been using for a while. Um, I really enjoy him. Uh, it, it's kind of like watching AC Slater be very technical. <laughs> he, he's got a big flowing mullet, and he's really good at wrestling. He's got a good throwback vibe. Awesome. Um, he's He's been on our last, I think, four shows. Yeah, right, right. Um, so he's he's kind of a, a staple here that I wanted to get on there. Uh, last show we had him wrestle uh, Sam Beal from Impact mm-hmm. in a Mega Mullet Showdown. That was a good time. <laughs> that I I was just wondering. I'm like, where did I hear that name? And now I know it was uh, them talking about it on commentary at the start of the last show, talking about the Mullet <laughs> Showdown. Yeah, the Mega Mullet Showdown. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so uh, that that's going to be a really high energy uh, scramble. It's going to be uh, uh, a lot of acrobatics. Like those guys can really move. Uh, MM3, I mean, uh, he's definitely someone to watch. Check out Zach, uh, Chris being in there is going to be the wild card. Yeah, you know, because the next thing you know, somebody's taking a kendo. You know, <laughs> so yeah, that'll. I, I'm really looking forward to it. When I think that's going to be a good uh, high energy. Uh, uh, 
way to start the night off. Yeah, you know? absolutely. A great, great opener that's going to give uh, a bunch of guys some great exposure. Mm-hmm. and show them what they can do. Then next up, we've got Greg Iron versus Schwartzy. We just spoke about Greg Iron. I'm very familiar with him, but I'm unfamiliar with Schwartzy. What can you tell me? Uh, Schwartzy might be one of the most entertaining human beings I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, not only in the ring, but out of the ring. Um, he's extremely funny, uh, uh, promo-wise, but uh, he's also a really technical mat wrestler. Um, they call him the Dabbing D. Malenko. Okay. Uh, his, his gimmick's very weed-heavy. Uh, anyone that's ever seen a promo by him or has met him has an impression of him. He's one of those guys. Okay. You know how like, Macho Man's very distinctive? Well, there's a very distinctive Schwartzy way of talking. Right. So uh, I figured him versus Gregory Iron would be a very tactical match, but fun. Yeah. You know? Uh, it, and I... The 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 angle that Schwartz's uh, going to work in his promos, uh, they're not they're they're, they're going to come soon. Is is pretty fucking funny, man. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And Greg can talk too. Like it, obviously, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned his podcast. Shout out to Greg and Aaron uh, from Iron On Wrestling. But like, he's an amazing promo. He's a really accomplished wrestler. Like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a crazy match, man. Like anytime Greg Iron is in a match, I'm very interested in what he's going to get up to. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. Uh, Schwartz, he's another one of those guys that I wish would get more exposure. Uh, he's been around the scene for 16, 17 years. He's wrestled from from CZW to, to I mean, all over the country. Um, and and uh, he's really starting to get some traction now. Uh, he's really coming into his own, but you know, he definitely needs to get out there more, and that's why I put him in the match. Yeah, exactly. And you, you chose like a great name for him to be with as well. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, after that, it's more 440 in Atticus Koga teaming back up with his brother Otis Koga versus the Dead Wrestling Society, uh, who I'm not familiar with, but I'm obviously familiar with the Koga brothers. Now, can you tell me where is this one of the first times they've teamed up again since Otis has returned? So there's actually a lot of history behind this match. This, okay. These guys used to all be a stable together. All right. Um, Dead Wrestling Society is Crimson, formerly CK3, okay. and Gory. Okay. Um, they used to be uh, the culmination together. Um, they ended up t- turning their back on them. Uh, the Otis, Otis, or the Kogar brothers turned their back on them, uh, backstabbed them, attacked them, and have been kind of ducking them ever since. Um, they haven't had their 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 day in court to, to really handle this. Okay. So this this is going to be one that's going to it's going to be very violent. Um, there's a there's a lot of bad blood. Uh, a lot of uh, these guys have been waiting a long time to get their hands on each other. So this one's going to be a one to watch, definitely for sure. I love that. Uh, even just the image stood out straight away. Obviously, the Kogar brothers have got like a real look to them. And then uh, Dead Wrestling Society, you've got some sick masks and are looking pretty spooky. So it, <laughs> it caught my attention straight away. I love a, uh, a great wrestling um, demon, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you've ever seen a Crimson promo, but that guy cut some of the best promos in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, that's going to that's gonna be sweet, man. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um after that, uh, according to this, if any of this order is wrong, let me know. Uh, but it says, Pain in the Glass Deathmatch, Satu Jin versus Josh Crane. Um, Josh Crane and, and Satu Jin, neither are any kind of joke in any way. Um, tell me what's involved in a Pain in the Glass Deathmatch. Great pun. Uh, well, uh, a shit ton of tempered glass, a lot of light tubes, uh-huh. anything glass, just a lot of glass. Great. A lot, a lot of glass. Um, I, I was lucky enough, I was at a bar one night, and I'm shooting the shit, and uh, the guy next to me, uh, and, you know, we talk about what we're doing, he's like, yeah, I install and remove windows. And I was like, well, what do you do with the old <laughs> windows? He's like, we throw them away. And so uh, now he does not throw them away. He puts them off to the side, and I go pick them up, and we use them in matches. Um, Amazing. That the the, the the match where Dale Patrick's was uh, our first deathmatch champion was against Josh Crane, and we used 26 pains in that match. Whoa. What show was that on? 
that was also Boot 'em Up. Oh, this is this is a must watch show. Boot 'em Up. That's a, twenty six panes of glass. Yeah. Oh my God! Talk about a, a great friend. I hope you uh, buy him a lot of beer or something. Jeez, that's the hookup for a deathmatch promoter. Uh, you know, uh, when, when it comes to Sato, you don't got to buy him beer. You got to give him Tahitian treat. That's that's the that's the secret to shot Sato Gin is Tahitian treat, which is a, uh, I don't know if you guys have it out there, but it's like fruit punch. Oh, okay. It comes in a two liter. It's like Hawaiian punch or something, but it, he loves it. So you know, you always could butter up Sato with a couple two liters of a uh, of a. Uh, Tahitian treat. Oh, there you go. And how about Josh Crane? Does he have a bribing, uh, <laughs> bribing drink as well? Uh, Josh, uh, uh, no. Uh, you know they call him the American Mister Danger. Uh, he did a lot of time out in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, he he became close with uh, Masuga out there, and uh, uh, he gave him the nickname and he used to come out uh, uh, and entrances with him. So he's really pedigreed. Uh, world travel, a lot of stuff in Japan. Yeah, but he's a hop, skipping and jump away from me. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, uh, we had a show called Blood, Sweat, and Beers that right, title. fell apart the like the week of the show. Oh. Like I, I lost half the wrestlers, right? Right. And and we lost our venue. I had to find a new venue, and then the venue, the ceiling was small, so I had to get a different ring. I had to get a low boy ring. I had to replace a bunch of wrestlers. So uh, and. I had replaced one the night before the show, and Josh Crane stepped up and was like, I'll do it, man. Because uh, Remington Rohr uh, ended up having, I think it was a kidney infection. Oh, no. And he couldn't show up. Uh, so uh, Crane was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. So uh, that ended up being one of our, uh, for it falling apart, it, and it's one of our more crowd favorite shows. Yeah, wow. Somehow we ended up pulling it off, and but that that show almost made me want to quit doing this shit altogether. <laughs> like, like literally half half the matches I had to replace. I had to replace the venue. I had to get a new ring, and then there was this fucking local promoter that uh, heard what was going on and tried to pay our ring guy to not show up with our ring. What? Yeah. Oh, There's a real petty guy out here that's got a big problem with us. <laughs> Fuck, fuck that guy. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. He hasn't stopped us yet, so. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there's there's something to be said for keeping on going, though, you know. I, th- I think part of the charm with ICW, where they won a lot of people over, was that, like, despite all the problems that they had during the COVID thing, you know, they kept on using that phrase, roll with the punches, and they, they kept going, you know. And when you can keep on grinding and move on your feet and not just go, sorry, guys, Shows cancelled. You you build loyalty out of your fan base because they're like, it's going to get done. Like, th- there's going to be something yeah. going. If I buy my ticket, I'm going to a show. You know, and that goes a long way. I think. Well, that's how Pit Fighter was invented. Yeah. Uh, I was there for it. Uh, it was the Deathmatch Circus. Mm-hmm. They had the ring set up outside, and it rained. That's right. The, so uh, this so was the first pit, right? And they, they had it in the barn or whatever. You, you so were there for that. They moved into the barn and they made up a bunch of matches on the fly, and that was the first pit. Yeah. And then they had the shows that they were supposed to have. They were supposed to have one on Friday and one on Saturday. Instead, they had the one that was supposed to have it on Friday at noon on Saturday and then another one at 8 o'clock that night. Yeah. So instead of being like, fuck, what are we going to do? Let's just not do anything tonight. Yeah. We all got an extra show out of it, and now Pit Fighter is a staple of ICW, and it happens every show. Yeah. So it, it was a product of rolling with the punches, and it turned out to be a great thing for the fans and for Danny alike, you know, for the promotion. Exactly, and he's kind of like turned it into sort of three iterations, right? Because you've got like the No Holds Barred proper, which is in the chains. You've got the Pit Fighter X, which is like in an MMA cage, and then they do the Pit, which is whatever the fuck's around, really. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. They've set themselves up to have different ways they can work depending on the venue and things like that. It's really smart and branded them all individually, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they'll have a different vibe to them. Uh I know what he's planning on doing for the pit up here. Uh, it's going to be in a barn, and it's going to be wild, man. Oh, I'm very excited for this Deathmatch Circus weekend. I'm gonna. I've got so much coverage of it leading up to it, um, and then also afterwards. So yeah, it's going to be a big weekend and, and very exciting. Um, after the pain in the glass match, we go to uh, a dog collar four corners of fuckery deathmatch. Is that right? Madman Pondo yeah. versus Bam Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, 
Exactly. Shout out to Madman Pondo, former guest of the show and all-round deathmatch legend. Um, that there is go. going to be awesome, man. Um, I really enjoyed Bam recently as well. I loved him in Tournament of Survival. So this should be should be a real cool match, man. Yeah, I'm really excited to have Bam out. Um, yeah. You know, we wanted we wanted to make sure that all the guys we used weren't just being used all weekend. Yeah. You know, we wanted to make sure that ours had a different flavor. Uh, uh, I got to talking with Pondo. Pondo and I are really good friends, like, outside uh-huh. of work. You know, like, we both love horror movies, and we, we, talk, we shoot the shit about horror movies. Uh, you know, that kind of shit. Like, you know, I actually considered him a, a good friend, not just a coworker. Uh-huh. And him and I got to, to talking, and, uh, you know, it, it became known to, like, well, who have you been wanting to work? And, you know, uh, some names got thrown around. Uh, you know, at one point we were trying to get Low Life Louie in there, but he couldn't get the travel going. And um, at one point he's like, he's like, you know, I really want to work with that Bam Sullivan kid. And I was like, you know what, I really want to, I've been really wanting to bring him in anyway. Yeah. So uh, Pondo and I put him in a group chat, mm-hmm. and the three of us discussed it all. Awesome. And he was he was really on board for it. You know, he's like, he's, he's driving down from Jersey, I think. Okay. By himself to wrestle. Yeah. How how, how so, I'm not really that great at like American geography or really even Australian geography. So how far, how far is that? It's about nine hours. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So a big trek to come down for it. Yeah. We're 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 going to be running outside of Detroit, uh-huh. and that's and he's coming more from Jersey, which is like the New York area. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's it's quite a trek. Yeah. Wow. Now he he must be pumped to do it then for sure. Big trek, but but to get in the ring with Pondo would be be a bucket list item for a guy like that for sure. Oh yeah, he's really you know he's real work, uh, excited to work Pondo. Yeah. Um, you know Pondo's one of those guys that the boys just love to work. Absolutely. You know you're all, he's always going to give you a good match. He's going to take care of you. Pondo's you know he's and he's just an all around great guy to deal with. Yeah. You know honestly you know like Kevin's or, I'm sorry Pondo's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, he, he, he talks about it. <laughs> he talks about his shoot name all the time. I had him on the show and all his social media is just who he is. So it's like... uh, I, I sometimes I fuck up and use people's shoot names. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, Pondo, uh, he was someone that we've had out a couple times. We've been meaning to get back. It's been, it's been a little while since he's uh, since we've had him out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we have a, a platform like this, you got to throw a legend in there. And what Absolutely. better legend than Madman Pondo, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That's the credibility for sure, man. And what a what a fun match stip as well, which I'm sure they're about. Like, so dog collar, four corners of fuckery. What's going on in the corners there, man? Uh, you'll have to tune in and find oh, out. Oh, okay. It's a mystery. Yeah. Well, let's just say each corner will be different. Mm-hmm. Different stipulation per corner. Okay. So that they can kind of try to fight to get to where they they want what they want to use. You know. Yeah. Great. Great. No, that's awesome. That's going to be really cool, really interesting. Um, I, I, man, that's just shot to the top of my list for one that I'm really excited to see. And every, every, you know, clip and new matches I see from Bam, he just keeps up growing stride by stride. So I'm sure getting in the match with a veteran like this can only help him learn and grow even more. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think he's one of those kids that's. Uh that's really going to have a go at having a career, uh, yeah. you know, getting a big name for himself. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got a great look. He's got great in ring. You know, he can talk, mm-hmm. you know, the kid's a total package. He just needs to get out there and be seen by more people, you know, and H2O has been doing a good job of getting his name out there. Absolutely. Uh, he's, been, he's done no piece a couple times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really happy to, to have him on board and represent us uh, for the circus. Absolutely. Now that's going to be killer. Uh, after that, it says, Way Too Much Wire Deathmatch, which is a great title, Randy West versus Eddie Only. Eddie Only has only just come back from being missing not that long ago. <laughs> uh, and Randy yeah. West, uh, from what I can see, the name just keeps popping up, uh, seems to be a bit of a mad person. Randy West is legitimately one of the baddest women on the planet. Yeah. Um, I don't know how... Her, she, her name has – I mean, she's getting her due now. Yeah. Like, she's really popping up everywhere. Like, she's wrestling for us, getting out of the ring, toweling off, jumping on a plane, and flying to New York for Goddess of Gore. Oh, wow. She, she is a bad motherfucker. You know, like that uh, – like I said, that Mickey Knuckles-Randy uh, West match uh, is considered to be one of the craziest things we've ever done. Yeah. Um, they used uh, well over 200 light tubes, and uh, they didn't even – and. Most of those didn't even get used the first 10 minutes of the match. 
Yeah, wow. They were each other off cannons and all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, and, and last show, you know, she she got wild with some gussets with Insane Lane. Yeah. Um, that that anytime I put Randy in a match, she has shown out far beyond expectation. Yeah. Um, she's one of those people that is RPW to the core. Uh, if if we're running a show, you're there's a few people you're gonna always see there. Randy Bust is one of them. That's awesome. Yeah, the, her her name just keeps sort of popping up for me everywhere. She obviously had like some big stuff at No Peace recently and things like that. Um, I'm really excited to see more of her, and it's really like cool in 2021 to see so many female death match wrestlers getting their due, getting in there with the guys, getting the exposure, and everybody expecting them to kick ass. You know. Uh, Randy, Mickey Knuckle, Sadika. Oh, Mickey like, and Randy are two of the toughest women I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I mean, like, the, those women are tough. And I don't even look at it as booking girls versus guys when I yeah. book their matches. Mm-hmm. I just look at it as booking matches because they don't wrestle like women. Yeah. You know, they go in there and they kick ass. You know, like, you've been in a match with one of those guys. You're going to know for a couple weeks after. You know, you're going to feel it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome, man. And yeah, that um, obviously Eddie only has had some um, absolute bangers as well. So it's going to be cool to see uh, him um, jumping in there with her and seeing what they can come up with. He's uh, he's gotten really really buff in his time off too. Have you seen him? Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, he, he was already, he was already kind of big before, but yeah, even more so now. And uh, yeah. it'll be fun to see him smoking his way through this match and seeing what he gets up to. Do you, uh, the, a lot of people didn't notice this, uh, uh, when I, when I told him I did, it popped him, but, uh, if you look, his, uh, new kendo stick is actually like a cigarette. I did say that, yeah, it's like a giant cigarette. <laughs> yeah, the tip's red, the base is white, and then the handle's brown. So he has a cigarette kendo stick he's carrying around with him. He's, he's returned <laughs> coming out of that casket as well, like a, you know, a smoking sandman, and so it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's even got the uh, the track pants going yeah, on now. Exactly, the USA stuff. Yeah, that's going to be awesome, man. That that's going to be really cool, and he can actually be so funny and entertaining as well. Um, he has some real Rick Rude mannerisms that I enjoy. He's a character. Um, all, all those four four O guys are fucking hysterical people. Like outside the ring, yeah, they are funny fucking people. That, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, we've got quite a few of them in here. And then straight after that, we go to Cabins and Doors Deathmatch, Danny DeManto versus John Wayne Murdoch. Yep. That's uh, the boss versus the champ. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I was sitting there shooting the shit with Danny about, you know, how I was going to set my show up and all that. And uh, we got to talking, and I was like, well, you want to wrestle a match? He's like, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to get in there. And, you know, I mean, it's cool to have the boss ICW wrestling in your ring, you know, and putting him against the Duke. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's put it against his, his, his champ, you know, for a different promotion. I think that's an interesting way to, to, to do a booking, you know? Exactly right. And it's uh, the kind of thing that maybe he couldn't do as easily or without, you know, eyeballs uh, looking at it in a certain way on ICW, whereas RPW is almost neutral ground, you know? So yeah. <laughs> what's actually yeah. going to take place? That And that's going to be no joke, man. I'm really looking forward to that one. I know... Uh, Murdoch is planning on going all out that weekend. Um, some of the shit he's told me he's planning. I, so th- this is going to be a very, very violent match. Um, I know Danny's not going to not going to take it easy. Yeah, you know, th- th- I, I think that one's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I think they're going to try and murder each other, and I think they're both going to have the best time of their lives doing it. So <laughs> look forward to seeing what they get yeah. up to. That is going to be killer. And then we get into the championship matches, right? So. Uh, the RPW Rust Belt Deathmatch Championship, Dale Patricks versus uh, Mickey Knuckles. So um, I was talking about first exposure to RPW. It starts coming more and more onto my radar. That photo of Mickey with Dale by the hair, like screaming in his face, basically, like when she challenged from the title is, is really iconic, man. Um, so that yeah. must have been like a pretty awesome moment. And uh yeah, if you don't mind taking me through the history of this rivalry and also like the, of the the idea behind the Rust Belt itself, I, I love titles, man. Well, uh, uh, the the name of the Rust Belt uh, that's actually a name for the Midwest in America is the Rust Belt okay. uh, because it's all old factories and it's uh, 
and we're we're smack in the dab in the middle of that. Uh, Toledo is known as a glass city, which is right in the middle of because uh, we make a lot of glass here, okay. which is right in the middle of the Rust Belt. Yeah, and I thought we thought that had like a really gritty kind of name to it. And I wanted something that kind of represented where we were from, uh-huh. you know, like what we were about, and what better way than to make it Midwest centric by giving it that name? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's cool. And the so the the guy who made it actually. Uh, he ended up, there's a skull on it, but he ended up putting a gas mask on it because we launched it during the pandemic. So that's like a little uh, uh, tribute to that, that we launched during a pandemic and we're still able to make it. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's the impetus of that. Uh, as far as Mickey, no one knew she was going to be there besides me and one other person. I didn't tell okay. the staff. Uh-huh. I didn't tell the only other person that knew was the sound guy because he had to have the music. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody else. Um, so she came out and attacked him. Uh, what was wild and we'll end up releasing the footage is we had to cut it from the bumps in the night stream is actually after she got in his face like that, they actually went at it. Um, she, she threw him through a fence, uh, at the venue. Um, we had to drag him apart. Uh, but for time wise, we had to cut it out. Um, but there's a lot of bad blood there. Mickey Knuckles is undefeated uh, here at RPW. Yeah. And uh, Patrick's has been ducking her a little bit. Uh, for some reason or another, I don't know if he just doesn't want to wrestle her or if he thinks he's going to lose or what. Uh, and Mickey expressed some, some anger about that and being fed up. And, you know, she's like, I, I'm undefeated. What do I have to do to get into this title match? Yeah. And so instead she just put herself into it. Yeah. Took it to him. Took it to him, and, you know, it, it got really violent. You know, um, they, they beat the shit out of each other. Her, she had a huge gash on her knee that we had to staple together. Uh, we had to super glue her hand together. Uh, they really went at it because uh, when she went in there, she wasn't wearing her gear. Yeah. So there was no knee pads or nothing. And, and Dale and Neil Diamond Cutter had just gone 17 minutes with – you know, I think a hundred light tubes and there was barbed wire in there and doors and glass and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Uh, so as they were wrestling around, she was cutting her knees up and her hands and elbows and it, it, it was some bad blood there. Yeah. That's so we got him pried apart and you know, she, she challenged him to the circus. He accepted. So that's your title match. There you go. Now that's going to be awesome, man. And talk about uh, two people that are at the top of their game now. Mickey's resurgence has been crazy. And what a big weekend for her. She's obviously got the big match with Sadika, like probably the biggest, you know, female death match in American wrestling history that weekend. And then, then also the Rust Belt title as well. So she could be walking away with multiple W's this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's working all three shows, or no, she's not in the pit, but I think she's working both the old bards and ours. Yeah. Um, the match with Sadika is probably going to be the, the, the match of the weekend, you know? Yeah. Those two, that's dream match potential and, you know, getting those the guys in the same, especially, you know, uh, there was some bad blood there, uh, uh, that had to be cleared up before Mickey could work at ICW, you know, like they, yeah. they had to hash some stuff out and, yeah. Uh, it, I'm really glad they did. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that those guys are on the same page now and getting along after so long. And uh, that's going to be a dream match right there. That's going to be one of those one of a kind. And I mean, it's it's like Murdoch said after your wrestler is like wrestling a coked out bear. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the only thing more terrifying than wrestling a coked out bear is wrestling Mickey Knuckles. So yeah, those two. Is that match before this one or after this one? Like Asadika and Mickey. On the first day or the second day? That's the that's the main event of night one. Okay. Well, that that that's something that Dale will, will need to have a close eye on because Mickey's not going to come out of that unscathed, you know. And then you know he may he may yeah, exactly. And so you know for him maybe he's not facing it at her best because uh, just had to go through that bear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm interested to see what kind of shape she's going to be at after too. I mean. I definitely uh, plan on being right there to watch that one. I think I think everyone, everyone's real clear, curious about what's going to happen in that match. You know, dude, that's the kind of kind of match that puts me on a plane, if not for yeah. pandemics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That'd be Maybe sick. Maybe next year. 
Yeah, exactly right. Maybe next year. And then we jump into the RPW World Championship. Talk about two absolute weapons, man. Justin Kyle, just such a unit that's been so dominant, absolutely killing it. Huge super fights. And then the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. This is a host battle for the ages. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, it's... it's uh, I mean, that's just going to be two primates batting each other out. Um, those guys are both maniacs. Um, I mean, Justin Kyle at our last show when he was wrestling Jay Christ uh, launched a, a chair 20 feet like a lawn dart and took out uh, Daniel Storm. It was one of the craziest things I had ever seen. Um, and one time when I was watching Shane Mercer wrestle, I watched him pick up uh, uh, steel bleachers over his head by himself, put him on the top rope, yeah, and then do a a, a or a Spanish fly with Jake Atlas off the top of that, off the top rope into the ring. I mean, these are just monsters, both yeah. of them. And I have no idea what's going to happen with that one. And I'm super excited to see it. Yeah, talk about superhuman feats of strength, but also two guys that are way more agile than they have any right to be for their size. You're seeing them yeah. doing topes and moonsaults and stuff. This is just like what championship matches are, are made for. You know, big fight feel. Uh, for real, man. Um, so has was Justin your inaugural champion? Like, has he been oh. dominant since the start, or has he just been the recent reigning champion? No, uh, he won it. He won it at uh, boot him up. I no, he won it at Ruthless Consequences, which was okay. three shows ago. Right. Okay. Uh, the original RPW champion was Sam Beal. Okay, uh, and he had he had almost a year title run. With oh that. wow! Okay, uh-huh. and uh, ironically enough, well, not ironically, but uh, uh, Justin Kyle actually broke his orbital socket uh, in that match against Sam Beal and still won. Yes, yeah, because uh, he was wearing the mask and stuff for a bit, right? Yeah, that was because of that match. He wow. speared him from outside of the ring. He Kyle jumped from outside of the ring into into the ring into a spear. Yeah. And just so happened, his eye socket landed right on uh, Sam's elbow. Oh, no. And he still finished the match. And what's really crazy about him, to show what kind of guy Justin Cowell really truly is, is he was blind in that eye for the end of that match. He was in excruciating pain. And as he was exiting, he still stopped, put his belt over a little kid so he could get a picture and stuff with it. And then when he got into the back, the second he walked to the back, he collapsed. Oh, my God. He was God. on the ground. Dude. And we had medics working on him. We had to cart him off to the hospital. Uh, so they it floored his orbital socket, and then his eyeball was down through. Oh my the god! Bl- so they had to like lift his eye out. It was pretty wild. And but he's been on a tear ever since. I mean, he's he's had some big matches. Well, yeah, he he went from that match like into that super fight with Phil Baroni, like, and, yeah. and would tore off the mask mid fight because he was so jacked up as they're slapping each other in the face. The man's a maniac, and you mm-hmm. can you can say there's a person a person that can fight like that and can work through that pain, you know, and is willing to do all that for that title. You know, he's going to want to keep it. I don't think he has any plans of giving it up anytime soon, but nope. he's got an iron demon standing in his way, so we'll see. Yeah, Jesus you know, if there's If there's anyone that can take it off him, it might be Shane Mercer, but we'll see. Yeah, he's a specimen, man. An absolute specimen is Shane Mercer. So, yeah, uh, we're going to see, man. And, yeah, you've got me well and truly excited for the entire weekend. Um, what got, a lineup. One more match. One more match. IWTV has betrayed me. Uh, in yeah, this well, lineup. I haven't announced the last one yet, but oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on it. An exclusive. So we're going to have a four-way elimination death match. What? Uh, the, the stipulation is everything, including the kitchen sink. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Neil Diamond Cutter what? versus Tank versus Chuck Steen versus uh, Matthias Thrasher. Holy fuck. Exclusive. That's amazing. Exclusive, baby. Woohoo! What what a match. So, yeah, that's, that's the last one we haven't announced yet, but by the time this comes out, it'll be announced. Oh, wow. That is huge. What a card. You're just trying to steal this whole weekend. We, uh, we don't look at it as competing with ICW. We just want to be able to make sure that, that we look as good as. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I mean, you know, the weekend you, know, you guys are working together, man. right? Like everybody's working together, everybody benefits, everybody's working and everybody has a good time because the, the Deathmatch Circus is more than just like a show they're putting on, right? They're putting on a weekend, which brings, yeah, in, party. brings in the fans. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody's camping out. We got food trucks. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that we haven't even announced yet that we're kind of just waiting until, you know, so there's more announcements coming up, but... Uh, you know, I mean, there's people. I went there last year, and it was a, a nonstop party. Yeah. Uh, I think I I think day two I had uh, a beer in my hand at about seven forty five in the morning. That's what's up. Uh, by the noon show, I think I was shirtless in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the night Dude. show is a little bit blurry to me. Dude. Oh man, uh, I. The, so I went with, uh, I woke them up the next morning yeah. so we could leave, and she was uh, face first uh, in an overturned bottle of Old Crow, just <laughs> sleeping in her tent, ass over apple cart, in a big bottle of whiskey. Like, it was a wild, wild time. Oh, my God. Dude, I uh, I can't wait until travel returns to to the world. This sounds like my kind of time, and if anybody uh, has the ability to get to these shows, what are you waiting for? Like, get down. What a weekend. That sounds like uh, my perfect weekend. <laughs> yeah, we have a... We're lucky enough, a lot of people are, like, traveling and flying in. Uh, yeah. I have uh, some friends from all over the country that I just talk wrestling to, and on occasion I see them at shows, um, yes. uh, because they're willing to travel to go to bigger shows, and a lot of them are coming in and flying in for this one, so it's going to be cool not only to... to, uh, to run a show that weekend, but to show my friends what, what we're all about live, you know, they've only seen our shows on, on IWTV. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it, it'll be cool to, to have our people there and uh, uh, our normal fans as well. And uh, show ICW what we're all about because, you know, uh, we are a much smaller company, you know, uh, we're, we're a much newer company. We're really just getting our footing and getting our name out there. And, uh, Stuff like this has has helped us grow leaps and bounds. I mean, I think our after it was announced, our IWTV uh, viewership doubled. Yeah, uh, for that uh, for that month, and uh, uh, we'll see what it looks like uh, at the end of this month. Uh, but the, our, our you you have agents that you talk to through IWTV that you you send your shows and stuff to, and they they handle the, you for them. Uh, and the guy was just like, "Yeah, man, you guys, you guys." Uh, viewership doubled almost overnight, and I can can, I mean it, it had to be IW or uh, ICW taking a, a chance on us and letting us be involved, you know, and and, and putting their stamp on yeah, yeah we're going to work with this company, you know. Yeah, exactly. Which it, which is just amazing, right? Like it's like we were talking about everybody uh, sharing and working together and just making wrestling better which is really awesome, man. Um, everybody go check out IWTV. Ruthless is right on there. You can check it all out. All the shows we've been speaking about are there. Um, the The newest one was Bumps in the Night, wasn't it? Which just came out uh, three days ago or something. I think it went live. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, we tape ours ahead. The, the, the Deathmatch Circus, we will be live on that one. Amazing. But up to this point, we've been taping them ahead of time, and then we'd upload them. Yep. Uh, uh, so the show itself was about two weeks ago, but, uh, after we, we do a five camera setup, uh, after getting it all edited together and color corrected and all that takes a little time and then we upload it. Yeah. Now that's awesome. And yeah, we've got, we've got what, eight shows up here now. You get that live and then even more coming down the road. That's killer, man. That's really exciting. Tell the people where to find it all on social media. Uh, you can find us at uh, RuthlessPro.com. You can find us at Ruthless Pro Wrestling RPW on Facebook and RuthlessPro419 on Instagram and Twitter. Exactly. And I believe you can get your merch from Deathmatch Worldwide. Am I right? Yeah, we have uh, merch at Deathmatch Worldwide. And if you're coming to the circus, we have an exclusive Saizawa shirt design that will be on sale that features uh, eight of our wrestlers. Uh, uh, it's a, it, it's a really cool design. I'm really uh, happy with how it turned out. It was really cool working with Cy on that. Yep. So uh, I'm happy about that too. That's killer. I, I saw the look of that design and it does look awesome. Hey, uh, are you even in Deathmatch if you don't have a Cy shirt? You know, uh, that was a bucket lister for me. And uh, uh, this is the only show I could justify spending the money on it. Yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. his size not cheap. You know, he's he's one of the the premier deathmatch shirt designers. But you know, I wanted if we were going to have this big show, I wanted you know to to, to have a, a really cool iconic shirt that kind of went with it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. No, it looks killer, man. Well, that's it, guys. Check it out. Get down to the show if you can. If you're in that area. If you even if you're not, get on a plane, go see it. If not, you'll be able to watch it live on IWTV. Uh, and now you've still got a week leading up to it, so there's no reason to not go back and check out all of the Ruthless Pro shows on IWTV. Dude, thank you so much for your time, Chris. It's been hell fun talking to you, man. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Like I said, I'll always make time for you, bud. Now, that, that is amazing, man, and we will definitely do more of this in the future. So everybody out there, for Ruthless Pro Wrestling and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view.